Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,557. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I am a revved up and very excited to share with you today a special returning guest, Wade Kawasaki, who's calling in today. He was a past guest here on Cars Yeah. We're going to get an update because a lot has changed in his life since he was last year. Wade Kawasaki is the president and CEO of Legendary Companies. In his role, Wade oversees the 12 Legendary Companies brands and six operating companies. He's based out of the Coker Tire Group's corporate headquarters in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And in 2017, he was sworn in as chairman of the Specialty Equipment Market Association, also known as SEMA Board of Directors. His list of achievements includes SEMA's Person of the Year Award, Chairman's Service Award, Young Executives of the Year Award, among numerous industry accolades. Most recently, Wade received SEMA's SBN's Athena Award and was inducted into the SEMA Hall of Fame. I'm talking to a celebrity today. That's pretty cool. And uh, as I said, Wade was the best guest here on Cars Yeah. He was guest number 569. Today, he's a thousand guests ahead of that. He was on the show back in August 2016. You can listen to that show and see how life has changed for Mr. Kawasaki. We'll be right back to talk to Wade. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. Sit tight. We'll be right back. You know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat protectors are easy on Easy off designs that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks. Their seat savers are custom tailored to fit your seats just like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn a lot more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark Green at Cars Yeah sent you. By the way, I've got a deal for you. You can get 10% off using the code YEAH120. That's Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. Go to Covercraft.com, use the code YEAH120 and get 10% off today. Covercraft, they've got you covered. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer and the Racers Group team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to tell you about Apex. It's a rich and complex blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, and Cabernet Franc. This blend is the showcase of perfection and hits the apex with its full-bodied smooth finish. An added very cool option is a label with a multi-dimensional rumble strip 
apex reminiscent of Turn 4 at Laguna Seca. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiasts in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH at checkout, you get a flat shipping rate of $10 on your wine order. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout to get this deal. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, today. Cheers. Hey, Wade, welcome back to Cars. Yeah, my friend, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You know, I'm always buckled up and ready, uh, Mark. And hey, congratulations. Wow, it's been a thousand interviews <laughs> since the last time I was on. That's really spectacular. Well, we both come a long way, baby. So uh, I guess we're just plugging along and uh, operating life as it goes. And, you know, last time we were together, a couple things that I've seen you at, uh, we were at the LeMay America's Automotive Museum where the great race met its climax at the end. You and I were at Pebble Beach and I got to talk with you and Rose at the jet party when you just found out you were grandparents, which is a really special thing. So how is your son, Tim, and his wife and the new grandchild doing? Yeah, they're they're both doing well, and I'm, we're really fortunate and and blessed. Uh, both the kids are are still working. Um, uh, Alyssa is working from home. Uh, who's my daughter? Uh, Timothy and his wife are. Uh, Timothy, of course, is is still going into to Wheel of Antiques and running that company, and his wife is working from home. Noah is doing phenomenal, and it's uh, <laughs> just so exciting to watch him grow up. I I, I honestly I. I think I see him, not feel him and touch him and care him. I think I see him more now than if I were in Los Angeles. Uh, uh, we uh, FaceTime nearly every night. And it's it's great to see how even at a few months old, they are really they, they really are focused on that phone. And they, can, they really are reacting to you on that phone. I don't think you and I, when we were that young, would have reacted at all. But but this is a whole new generation we're raising. It's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's great. I know in our pre-show chat, Wade and I were talking, and I mentioned to him back when I was a little child, we'd call my grandparents once a month. That's all we could afford. And my mom would put an egg timer out. And when three minutes were up, you flipped it. My sister got on the phone. Uh, my grandparents were in Texas. I was in California. So I didn't get to experience them. And yeah, the technology today, the fact that we're sitting here talking miles apart, I'm in Washington, you're in Tennessee, uh, but we're looking at each other, having a, a nice conversation and these Zoom meetings that are happening. I went to my first virtual wine tasting the other night with Adobe Road Winery. Kevin Buckler's a guest on my show, and he has a series called the Racing Series of Wines, which are just killer, insane stuff. So yeah, there's a, you know, we're adapting. That's the human nature of things. So I think that's great. We're going to touch on that in a minute. But first, I didn't ask you this last time you were on the show. What's one little thing that most people don't know about Wade Kawasaki? Gosh, I think everyone knows that I'm a pretty <laughs> avid fisherman, and and I, I think through social media nowadays, there's there's really not that many secrets. But I, I guess one thing that I, I really really enjoy and uh, is that I'm literally on my paddleboard during the spring, summer, and fall nearly every day, and wow. uh, I love the exercise and kind of helps with your balance as we're getting older. And uh, and of course, I could do some fishing for that paddleboard too. So. Love doing that. That's very cool. You know, where I live here in Gig Harbor, we have a beautiful harbor, and I see people out there. Now, where I live, even in the summertime, the water is so cold that if you're in that water for more than five minutes, you probably (laughs) have hypothermia. But I've always thought, you know, maybe that's something I should get out into. You talk about as we age, you know, testing the balance and so forth. So, yeah, I didn't even know about that about you. And I feel like I know everything about you because you're so active on social media. So thanks for sharing that. You've inspired me. Maybe I'll look into that. A paddleboard sounds like 
on a stand-up paddleboard, Mark, you don't need to get in the water. Well, that's true. And, you know, maybe I'd be good at it because I grew up surfing in Southern California. Yeah. Um, I surfed my whole life and I was a skateboarder. So yeah. maybe I can get some of that, you know, cowabunga back in me or something. You'd be a natural at it, I guarantee. All right. I'll hold you to that. Okay. Well, listen, before we jump into some of the questions here, I'd love for you to share a success quote or a mantra. You are such a leader, not only for your organizations, but also for SEMA leading the way for that great organization. Is there a success quote or some kind of inspirational mantra that's important in your life you could share with us? Yeah, you know, so so I I, I kind of separate the business and and my personal a, a little bit here, and and really within the company, you know, legendary companies, you know, we have a little mantra that says, "Don't settle for being the best, be legendary," and really what that's about isn't us trying to be legendary, but we really want to make our customers legendary, and I, I think we're in a great passionate industry that we get to give people the ability to have these cool cars in their garage and they can truly be legendary within their neighborhood within their community and, and that's what we try to do is, is help them to be legendary not necessarily make us legendary and then for myself personally is as you know and I'm, I'm not telling you anything new but it's definitely god family and community and i think if i get those three things right then everything else falls in line you know my personal relationship with jesus christ is the most important thing in my life my relationship with my family, of course, is that as well. And then with the community and whether that community is my church community or fishing community, or in this case, this classic and vintage car, car crazy community that I'm a part of. I mean, I just try to throw myself into that as fully and as completely uh, as I can and uh, get to have a great time in, in doing that. Well, you're a great inspiration to all of us. And that leads me into talking about business these days. And I want to start with last time we spoke, you were about to be inducted as chairman of SEMA. Um, You're already running uh, Coker Tires. And of course, that business, Corky, has sold the businesses. It's legendary now. So that's been a transition and a change that's happened. But let's just touch first on the gorilla in the room. And I don't want to dive into it too deep, but I want you to kind of share how are you guys dealing with these companies with this pandemic? we're dealing with. I mean, you can't ignore it anymore. Uh, It's out there in front of us. So maybe touch on some of the things you've had to deal with and how you're um, looking into this. And then, of course, the giant question, which I doubt you have an answer for today, is will there be a SEMA this year after the cancellation of Car Week and Pebble Beach and everything around it? And I'm kind of waiting for the Laguna Seca Historics to be the next one to fall here. So how are you dealing with this right now? Well, so let's go with the legendary companies first. Maybe we should leave SEMA to the end to force everyone to watch the entire podcast. Let's do that. I like that. You're a a good, astute marketer. I like that. Uh, Yeah, okay. (laughs) I promise you I will answer that question. Okay, we'll we'll bring that up at the end. Okay. You don't have to put me in a virtual headlock. I promise you I'll, <laughs> I'll answer that question to the best of my ability. All right. You know, with Legendary, we, we, dealt, we dealt with this with every company on a very individual and custom basis. Uh, you know, we have, we have companies in Alabama, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, and even Munich, Germany, Los Angeles. So we have to really develop strategies all on an individual basis. But what I can tell you we've done is we've decided it's better to react early than to try to catch up later. It just seems like you can't ever catch up. So we put in place disinfecting routines in our manufacturing and distribution centers every two hours just to make sure that we keep everyone safe. Our folks are wearing masks. We kept social distancing up. About 30% of our staff, is now, of our office staff, is now working from home. 
and that gave us the ability to have that social distancing within the cubicle so there's no two people next to each other in their cubicle. So, so we did all those things very, very quickly. In some instances, we cut back on hours to kind of right-size the company for the new normal. Right. And then we cut back on, on salaries as well. And, and what I did for myself to kind of be in that leadership, and said, these are my calls, I doubled that cut, right, wow. for my own salary. And I made a commitment that I won't return that cut until everybody, until everything is restored to everybody. Is whole again. So, yeah. yeah. So we decided to do that early just so we can we can get caught up on this. And I can tell you, though, that, you know, the end of March, really tough time. And even the beginning of April. But we're starting to see business come back now. So web traffic is way up, as you can imagine. Our web sales are up as well. Our conversion rates are up. But we're even starting to hear that phone ring again and, and customers starting to call. You know, we're very fortunate that a lot of our business is direct to consumer. And so that business is still continuing to be strong. So we're, we're starting to see this come back. Of course, nobody's crystal ball is any better than anybody else's. So we're hoping this isn't just stimulus related, but this is kind of the next long term trend. And yeah. I think, you know, like us, Mark, people are getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> well, and scared. Yeah. So hopefully they're you know spending more time in the garages, spending more time uh, getting their cars ready, and uh, we will come out of this lockdown. Uh, you know things will change, but we will come out of this lockdown. And uh, the one thing I can promise you is there will be just as many or even more passionate car guys at the end of this than there are now. Yeah, well, there's the leadership and optimism that I expect from the smiling face of Wade Kawasaki, who's always positive. So I hope that gives all you listeners some inspiration today that we will get through this and things will be great. Let's talk a little bit about the changes that have happened since Coker Tires transitioned, legendary companies. I mean, that's a big change. I ran into you. In fact, we had lunch together on the lawn at the the wonderful McGuire's luncheon. We did. There during Pebble last summer and got to talk to uh, Corky about the changes and transitions. Not a lot has changed for you or has it? Well, I, I think it has. I mean, I, I think change and, and challenges, that's really what brings opportunity I am definitely a lifelong learner. I mean, I'm a voracious reader. I love to read. I love to learn. And through new things, you you actually experience and learn the most, right? I think, you know, back, gosh, it's been seven or eight years ago when Corky retired and I became president, kind of took over Coker Tire and the group of companies. You know, we were in acquisition mode then. You know, our tire sales capacity outpaced the ability for these small wheel companies to be able to react quick enough and be able to supply us enough wheels. We started acquiring some wheel companies. So that was one change that that I, I really got to learn a lot through mm-hmm. is acquiring small entrepreneurial companies. And then, of course, Corky and I made the decision as partners that we would sell Coker Tire. And uh, it was a good time to do that. So then I switched kind of hats and went into, hey, we're going to now need to be acquired mode. We're going to need to deal with investment bankers. We're going to have to start talking to both private equity groups family offices and strategic buyers and be able to have a different kind of message for each one of those. Yeah. We successfully sold a Coker tire, which was a great thing, right, Mark? It, it uh, you know, really secured my family and Corky's family's future. It, it's kind of nice to be able to do that. Right. To be able to monetize all the blood, sweat, and tears you put into a company is, is a nice thing as well. And to be, be able to reward those folks that help you get there, that was a really uh, neat thing to be able to do too as well. And then, of course, my opportunity to partner with a private equity group that we ended up selling to and be able to start legendary companies and go into this kind of next step in our in this process 
and and being an acquirer of, of larger companies and yeah. even acquirer of global companies, companies outside of the United States. And through all of those transitions, I mean, I've learned a tremendous amount. I am really thankful for my private equity partners at Irving Place Capital. These are laser sharp guys that I am learning so much from. And it's really interesting getting to understand how they look at business and the levers that they want to pull to be able to help us to be successful. And uh, we're able to, to kind of migrate those principles and those best of class global principles and help other companies that are joining this legendary group to be more successful. So it's been fun. Yeah. What a learning lesson this has been. Like I said at the beginning, a lot has changed since we last had you here on Car Jam. I'm, I'm so happy to hear everything is moving in a positive direction. You know, I always ask my guests for a big challenge or a big failure. And in any business, there are challenges and failures. There's life. I want you to kind of walk us through one that you faced. How did you deal with that? But more importantly, what was the learning lesson that you took forward in a positive way? Gosh, we have uh, been up against a, a lot of different challenges. I, I think, you know, COVID-19 is a, is a huge challenge for us now. And, uh, you know, us being able to, as I talked about earlier, to be able to react quickly to this in a very timely manner and to set in place a strategy and a plan that makes sense for what we think the new future is going to be like. But at least having a plan in place allows you to adapt that plan when outside things change that are out of your control. I think this is the first time that we've had a combination of a financial recession and a health issue all at the same time. So this is a truly a black swan. We've never experienced anything like this before. And so we're, we're just learning every day in this process. And, you know, thank God that uh, we haven't had anyone infected in any of our locations. Uh, we've been very safe and, and I, I feel therefore successful at doing that. But um, I, I guess that would be that message out of all of this. Absolutely. is to be proactive in this stuff and, and uh, to stay positive. Well, that was my next question is what would be your advice for others that are going through this that maybe it's debilitating them a little bit more? You know, my fi my financial advisor uh, called me actually this morning. He puts a newsletter out every month and he was asking some of his clients, how has this affected you? And those are some of the same things, you know, just the impact on this. You look at your life savings and your investments that you're holding true to when you can retire someday or whatever, whatever that word retirement means to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think for people like you and me, retirement will never be sitting on, on a beach. Uh, we'll always be active and doing something. That's the great thing about the car hobby and so forth. So if I was to ask you to share maybe one word of positive inspiration like you have been during this talk to other people that might not be feeling so optimistic and might really feel the weight of this on their shoulders, what would that be? You know, I, I think the thing that I keep coming back to is look up. <laughs> I think if you're looking down at what's happening today, if you're listening to the news, if you're reading all the Instagram and Facebook posts that are so negative about things that are going on, so divisive about how we are at the country, I think the one thing that this has showed us is we can do things together, right? We can change our behavior in ways we never thought we'd be able to change our behavior and all work together to start bending that curve to having COVID-19 plateau and, and finally have it in recession or remission, which is something that I'm looking forward to. So my advice is always look up. I mean, look out to the future. I, th I think the future is bright. You know, markets go up and down and we've seen this through the history of the stock market. It will come back up again. And, uh, you know, then in, in, in like in 2008, 2009, it actually came back much stronger than it was before. 
So those things will all take care of themselves as long as we take a little longer term view. You know, I, I do some vintage racing. I used to race when I was a kid. And one of the things that every race instructor ever told me was, man, look ahead of that corner. If you are looking down, everything is coming at you so fast. You don't know what to do and you don't know how to react to things. And if you can look up, look ahead of those corners, just ease your way through those. You know, I remember a conversation I had with John Force describing a five-second run he just made, and it sounded it took him 30 minutes to describe five seconds. <laughs> can slow the race down that much that we can make really smart and wise decisions and, and move forward in a really positive way. Yeah, you know, I love that analogy. I, too, race vintage cars, and I remember being at driving school and having that radio in my ear saying, look up, look up. <laughs> Don't look where you are. Look where you want to go. Uh, it's like that little kid who looks at the tree he doesn't want to hit, and he runs right into the tree. So you're right. If, if our focus is on all this negativity, that's what your day will be. So great words of inspiration, Wade. Look up, look up. Something everybody can do. I think of Jordan Peterson as a great inspiration, that book he wrote about the 12 parts of life, and I'm butchering his title. But one of the things he said is, put your shoulders back, sit up straight, and look up. Yeah. Uh, and you'll just feel better. So great words of wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah, let's take a short break. Thank our sponsors, and we're going to be right back. And, of course, we're going to get an answer to that SEMA question, too. So sit tight. <laughs> My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. 
So we are back, and uh, you know, I'd love to go back and dive into your history a little bit about this passion you have for cars, because you are one of those consummate quintessential car guys that I know of. So what was that pivotal moment in your life when you knew, you know what, cars are the thing for me? You know, I was really fortunate, Mark. Uh, you know, my dad uh, moved here from Hawaii, uh, where he grew up, didn't have really any education, worked in transmission rebuilding shops in a windowless basement in downtown LA, and finally ended up being just pumping gas at a gas station, worked hard, you know, and, and that's where I kind of got that uh, work ethic from. And ultimately, when the gentleman that owned the gas station retired, he just gave it to my father. And so when I was very young, I would work at the gas station. And this was the perfect time. I mean, we're talking early 70s, downtown L.A., working at a gas station. I got to see all the muscle cars of the day come into that gas station because they had to come in a lot. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, they burned a lot of fuel. <laughs> but then we got to wash the windows. So I got to take a look at the interior and the different interior options. We got to lift the hood and check the oil. And I got to see all these amazing engine packages. And then we got to check the air in the tires, right? And I got to see all these different wheel and tire packages. Tires and wheels, yeah. <laughs> that were available stock, but also that were all these day two conversions with TA radials and Krager SS wheels and just great packages and how those tires and wheels made such a visual difference on how the car looked and how the car's stance was. And the same thing with the engine modifications, interior modifications. So I, I would say growing up doing that, I just absolutely, the bug bit me. Uh, you know, I was a horrible student uh, in school, just horrible student. You know, I hear all of my Asian friends are all straight A students. And yeah, that wasn't me. The, pre uh, the pressure. Yeah, the pressure. I'll tell you, I knew every engine package, every year muscle car. And uh, so those are the things that I focused on and really had a good time being able to do that. Little did you know you were in training for your future during that time. I mean, think about that. You were yeah. literally in training for your future. I it, That is absolutely true. That wow. is absolutely true. Very cool. Well, let's talk about a, a special car in your life. And uh, I asked all my guests about their first special car, but maybe since you've been on the show before, has there been a car in your world? This could be a vintage car that you got to jump into and race or something mm -hmm. on the street or something special you finally saved up for and got to buy yourself. Tell me what that ride was and what it meant to you. That's a great question. And because I, when you started the question, I had my kind of my first car in mind. Yeah. But uh, you changed the question up a little bit. You know what? I, but I, I do have an exciting story because I was at uh, the Mecham auction in Denver. Yeah. And looking at cars, and there was a car there that was so out of place. And really, that's what I look for when I'm at an auction a car that the wrong, right car at the wrong place. And you know, maybe <laughs> this is an opportunity to get a good value at an auction. And I saw there a Jaguar Project 7. Oh. And if you're not familiar with the Jaguar Project 7, which most of you probably are not, uh, Jaguar Special Vehicles Unit, their racing division, built 250 of these, 50 of them in uh, left-hand drive for the U.S. markets, only 50 of them built. And it was a special true roadster, no top, no convertible top, yeah. a speed, bump, speed hump in the rear. I mean, it was a true homage to the original racing D-types uh, that won Le Mans 50 years prior. Yeah, That car was there bid on it. We negotiated up on the block with, uh, with uh, Dan and Frank Meekum, and they finally got the owner to, uh, to take the uh, reserve off. Right. I was able to get a, a really good deal on the car, and I absolutely just love driving this car. It, cool. is every, it is like my version of a British muscle car. It is loud. It's supercharged. It's got a ton of torque. It's hard to keep the rear end 
from wanting to swap ends with the front end. It's just a real cool British muscle car, and I love driving it. Very cool. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I've seen pictures of that car when you first acquired it, and I was like, oh, now that is something very different. Yes, <laughs> it's very, very different. Very sweet. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question. If you woke up tomorrow, Wade, and you were a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive your personality morphed, manifested into chrome and iron and steel and oil and gasoline, what would Wade Kawasaki be and why? <laughs> That's a very... <laughs> very unique question. I'll bet no one's ever asked you that. Yeah, that that is. I, I would still say that Project 7, and, and uh-huh. I'll tell you why, though. Okay. It's because it's the perfect blend of vintage homage to that D-type with the D-type looks, but with all the modern accoutrements of performance and styling. So carbon fiber aero, undercar aero, carbon metallic brakes, supercharged engine, all the things wrapped in this great Jaguar D-type bodywork is, is just amazing. And it really reflects back to what Coker Tire is all about, right? Wow. Yeah. It's modern technology, modern manufacturing processes, bringing back a classic or vintage look. Yeah. So we give you all the benefits of having everything modern, yet having that great look, that great homage back to those muscle cars and the way those cars are really meant to look. Yeah, you know, I bought tires from you guys for my vintage cars back when I had my 72S, putting a set of tires on that that looked like those period-correct tires just makes the car. Same with my 87 Turbo, some of my race cars and so forth. So, yeah, the rollers, as I call them, the wheels and tires on a car, if they're not right, they wreck everything else. Absolutely. It's really amazing how much stance plays a role in how people perceive a car. Right, right. I mean, just the right stance changes the entire appearance of the car. Yeah, and the tire height, the the amount of rubber you see, new car versus old cars like the ones I've had, everything about it, it it just, and if you're an aesthetic person like myself, it's so important. Um, You know, I'll see cars that I would have loved, and I look at the wheels and tires, and I go, ugh, no, I can't, I I can't do that. All right, we're up to the last lap. You've been here on the track. The checker flag's out. I'm going to rattle off some questions, have you give me some very quick blips of that Project 7 throttle. So here we go. Okay. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Um, I think it would be that be positive, take risks, and even when it scares the hell out of you, do it anyway. Absolutely. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, either living or deceased? Wow. Okay. Uh, there are a ton of folks I would love to have a drink. I'll with. bet. Yeah. But, uh, probably my number one choice would be Robert Peterson. Oh yeah. You know, I just had Terry Cargus. Of course, we both know the director yeah. there, and also Michael Bodell, and we talked about that new uh, global cars and coffee they just yeah. launched, um, yeah. which I participated. I shot a little video of myself with my car, and I watched that uh, a couple weeks ago on a Saturday morning. Uh, it was kind of fun to sit here with my coffee and see all these people's cars and so forth. Yeah, you think about it. You have a museum, and you're told that you can't open it. What do you do? Yeah. Mr. Peterson, oh my gosh, what a, a legacy that he created and passed down to generations now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's an amazing man. And I got a quick story. You know, when I first got elected to the CMO Board of Directors back in 1996, I was only 36 years old at the time. I was the youngest ever to get elected to their Board of Directors, and I wasn't expecting to get elected. So I was in Hawaii when they had the installation banquet. Uh-huh. I had to fly back. It was at 
Peterson Museum, the newly opened Peterson Museum. And as I was walking back in the venue from getting something from my car, Robert and Margie were walking out. Oh, wow. I had been in meetings with them, but I would imagine he would never remember my name. And as I was walking by, he stopped and he said, wait, I want you to know that you are exactly what SEMA needs on their board of directors. And you need to confidently walk in that board and make changes. And it just blew me away. Right. And I'll tell you, it really, I feel, changed the trajectory of my leadership. I, I mean, it really did. To, to have Robert E. Peterson tell you something like that really kind of gives you the confident, confidence to walk into these rooms and listen, because right. that's the way we learn, and then to make smart and wise decisions. But uh, he is, very, just with that one statement, very impactful man in oh. my life. I'd love to sit down with him and be able to have a drink. Well, it goes back to what we said, stand up straight, shoulders back, look up. You know, yeah. I mean, just the stance, have the confidence and the sense of that yeah. makes a world of difference. You see that when people walk into a room versus otherwise. So that's uh, absolutely important. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever shared with you that you still take our whole true to today? Yeah, I think it gets back to what we were saying earlier, because I, I kind of repeat those things that are, are important to me. And uh, I, I think the, the number one piece of advice that I got was from my father, and it's challenges bring opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how about a resource? There are so many these days. Uh, what's a great resource you would share with our listeners you think is a go-to for them? Uh, you know, I have some companies and people that I admire, and I kind of follow those companies, what they're doing, and those same thing with people. One of the companies I have just an enormous amount of admiration for is Michelin. I think really it's a company with a long history. They've always done it right. I mean, they became uh, not only just a, a tire manufacturer, but they were one of the they were the first road sign manufacturer, and of course the Michelin guides. And they did all of that just so people would drive more, so they'd be able to sell tires. And that kind of long-term visionary thinking it just astounds me. So really love to to if you're ever in Clermont-Ferrand, France, go to the Michelin Museum. You will get the whole. Uh, inside story on that there, but they've they've done some mighty things. Scott Clark, who's now the president of the division for all the automotive aftermarket racing, as well as the automotive OE, and just a great guy, an American guy, and uh, you know he's a, a great friend of ours. A lot to learn from those kind of guys. Lorenzo Giovanelli, who runs vintage and and uh, the specialty car stuff, just really smart guys, and it's uh, really interesting learning from them and what they do as a company and how they hold their company up to kind of a higher level. Right. And then go along with that, another guy that I have a lot of admiration for, he's got a great blog, is Mikhail Haggard. And you know Mikhail yeah. Uh, yeah. as well. I don't know if he's been a guest on your show. Oh, but he has, yeah. Yeah, great guy. He's got, uh, I think it's MikhailHaggerty.com slash blog. It's his blog. Really insightful. I, I love listening to Mikhail. He looks at things a little differently than I do. And so I really learn a lot uh, from from listening to his blogs. Absolutely. Yeah, I've had McKeel on the show here, known him for a long time, had many of his uh, associates as guests here on Cars. Yeah, and of course, Michelin, uh, Babendum, uh, all my tires or all my cars have always run on Michelin tires. I love love that whole brand, everything about it. And it's interesting how they've it's like what McKeel's done with Haggerty. It's not it's so much more than an insurance company. Yeah. It's becoming a whole different entity in a lot of different ways. And of course, one of my favorite resources I'm gonna throw out there, SEMA. 
So uh, yeah. we got to add that to the mix here. And is there a book you've read since we've last spoken that you'd like to share with our listeners? You're an avid reader. I have a place on my website called Guest Recommended Books where there's over 1,600 books listed there. People can go and click on that. I've made it easy to click and buy those books. Uh, what's maybe a, a recent read for you you'd like to share? So I'll tell you, it wasn't a recent read. It's It's been a, a long time, but it's recently I ran our staff here through that book, and that was Long Tail Concept. I, I really... I think the book is phenomenal. It talks about that, you know, after you, and it's really the story of the aftermarket, right? After they always get a car and and they build all these cars, there's a few accessories for it. What's that long tail that we sell into? And it's a phenomenal book. I I love it. And and we just went through as a leadership group here at the company. And, uh, and of course, our long tail is really long (laughs) back into the late 1800s. And so it's, uh, it's concepts that we still utilize and, I think I, I said to you on, on the, the first uh, time I was on was, of course, Seven Habits by Stephen Covey is, is absolutely yeah. uh, one of my favorite books. Still use his mantras. And again, you know, it's be proactive. Yeah. Uh, begin with the end in mind, which is a very important business philosophy that we always use. But the most important thing, I think, is first seek to understand and then to be understood. Lesson number five, my favorite. Yeah, I think so many people now... When they're listening to somebody, all they're thinking about is what their response is going to be instead of truly understanding what they need or what they're looking for so we can provide solutions for them. I think we miss so much when we're so worried about what our response is instead of really, truly worrying about what their needs are and being able to being able to meet those needs. Yeah, great books. Awesome books. Again, there's a lot of books listed in the Cars yeah website. Check it out under resources. You'll be blown away at the incredible books my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have shared with us here on Cars yeah. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Wade, and this is what I like to call a real doozy of a question. I'm going to buy you a collector car today. I'm going to let you keep that Jag 7, though, so don't worry about that. But uh, this is a car that's going to have to tick all the boxes. You can take it out, enjoy it. No garage queens allowed here you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with that little tricks off the table meaning you got to keep it this is a keeper what's that car going to be what car would tick all the boxes to be parked in your garage yeah that's an easy one for me my absolute dream car is the new ford gt the new ford g okay yeah well uh that wasn't around last time so that's a new new answer for you Yeah, that is a spectacular car. I, you know, I've I've seen them. I've never ridden or driven one. I've driven the first gen, which right. was a fantastic car. A little dicey with no traction control. Yeah, it's a scary. <laughs> you got to treat that car with respect, with all that power right over your shoulder. The new Ford GT. What ticks all the boxes for you about that car? You know, it's a great driver's car. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to to drive them. You know, it's a great car on the track to do track days with. It's a great docile car on the street. Uh, depending on what mode you're in, and it's it just it, it truly ticks all the boxes. You know, Ford with their with their partnership with Multimatic, and they really took a race car and made it docile enough to drive on the street, but didn't take the race breeding out of it. So, just an amazing car. That would be my my dream car. What color would you like yours to be? Liquid red. Liquid red. Okay. Well, I like that. Yeah. Very, very special car. So, Wade, what's the best way for people to learn more about legendary companies and all the businesses that you're overseeing? Yeah. So, you can go to legendarycompanies.com to to be able to get all the links to all the companies or just, uh, you know, visit cokertire.com. You can also get 
get all the links. Absolutely. And of course, SEMA.com, uh, the things that SEMA... SEMA.com. Yeah, is doing. We got to we got to leave SEMA. I keep SEMA in there. You know what SEMA is doing? I'm on the mailing list and I get all the notifications. What they're doing through this COVID nineteen is really really spectacular. Yeah. Kudos to your team there and what they're doing because they're keeping us all feeling confident and explaining what's happening and, and ideas that other companies are doing and how you can reach out and help. And we promised at the beginning of the show. I'm going to ask you the big question again. I know the crystal ball is foggy for all of us, but will we get to go? Will I get to go to my 31st SEMA? You in a row this uh, coming fall. What do you think? What say you, Wade Kawasaki, about SEMA? <laughs> well, well, first I'll, I'll kind of remind the folks that maybe aren't in the industry that are just your your listeners that what SEMA is really all about is we're about helping our members to succeed and prosper. And one of the main and our members are the manufacturers, distributors, marketers, service providers in the automotive aftermarket world. So it's everyone that's listening to this. Uh, to this uh, cast professionally. And then for those of you that are fans or enthusiasts, well, you're, you're part of our group as well. And so we take that, we take that very seriously, that responsibility very seriously. One of the things that we look at as a board of directors is, Hey, what can we do collectively as an industry better than what our individual companies can do? So that's what we really focus on. And you mentioned one of those where we've been able to pivot our resources and to say, Hey, how can we help our members get through this COVID-19? How can we provide the right information? How can we help them and come alongside them to make it easier? As you said, there's a lot of companies in our industry that are struggling right now. So we want to make sure that we're able to help them. Well, one of the biggest responsibilities we have as a trade association is the SEMA show, is to give the opportunity for our members to truly succeed. And I got to tell you, the membership is that's what they're demanding. We have over 2,000 exhibitors that will participate in our booth space drawing here in a, in a few months to be able to get their spot at the SEMA show. And as long as it's safe and as long as we don't get shut down by the government, there will be a SEMA show. So right. you can mark my words. My The, the positive thoughts here is, is that uh, the country will open back up, that COVID-19 will continue to decrease, especially over this period of the summertime. And at uh, that first week in November, we will have a SEMA show. And uh, I'm just looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, you heard it here. Head up, look ahead, be positive. All the great things that Wade has shared today, his inspiration is magnificent, uh, huge. And if you could be sitting here with me and see his shining face and his smile that is ever present on his face. I told him at the beginning in our pre-show talk, what I've missed on his Facebook feeds is sitting in the caption chair. You know, this guy travels. Uh, you must have a kabillion miles or uh, <laughs> Dr. Evil's gazillion miles. Um, and you're always, I don't know how you get up in the front, but you're always sitting there like you're flying the plane. So uh, I I think that's cool. In fact, I poked some fun at Wade. I did a little photoshopping of this. You've probably seen it on the internet of this guy, Captain, with his head sticking out of a jet while it's airborne. Of course, it would blow his face off. But I put Wade's face in there on one of your posts. I, I had to do that. I was having some fun with that. So, Wade, you've taken us on a magnificent walk today. Always popular, always successful, always a leader. Great to see you. Thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing what you do in life and your positiveness with all of us. We will all get through this. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you at the SEMA show. Thank you, Mark. I, I appreciate the time. I, I appreciate all your uh, viewers that are listening in on this. And and I, I just, the, the final word of encouragement, get out in that garage, start working on the cars, and uh, summer is coming. Absolutely. Take care. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.